I'm actually sipping a cocktail with the famous Shelly Adina, and then she's going to read from The Clockwork City, the steampunk adventure mystery. It's book one, the Lady Georgia Brunel's uh, mini uh, mysteries, and I believe it's available now. So looking forward to this. First, I'm going to read a little snippet that kind of sets up the world in one paragraph and then go straight to the discovery of the body, as one does. 400 years before, the doge then in power had been in such fear for his life from his many enemies that he had commissioned the inventor Leonardo da Vinci to solve the problem. The great mathematician and engineer had installed a massive clockwork beneath Venice with platforms bearing up the many neighborhoods on their islands. The church bells would ring, the bridges would go up, and the neighborhoods would slowly revolve into new positions, thus confounding anyone seeking to murder the doge. Wednesday, May 1st, 1895. Georgia rose at 8 the next morning, determined to make her son Teddy proud and attempt a watercolor painting. Since they had left the ball relatively early, she had slept well and deeply. She must not get into the habit of keeping country hours, however. She set up her little travel easel on the balcony, a cup of something frothy called a cappuccino, at her elbow, and realized that the morning light was its own reward. She left the little painted sketch to dry on a table in the sunny sitting room and took her equipment downstairs. There was an enchanting door on the opposite side of the canal with hanging baskets of flowers on either side that she must capture from water level. No reflections there, just simple shapes and shadows, and a chance to paint the raucous reds of geraniums and impatience against the yellow stucco. Last night, when Lorenzo had pulled them in, the water stairs had been nearly engulfed by the tide. This morning, as she went out through the French doors, they were half-exposed on the ebb. What on earth? Georgia's mind took a moment to parse what it was seeing. Then she dropped her easel and paint box on the fundamente, hauled up her skirts, and descended four steps, green and glistening with slippery weed. The body of a man floated over the bottommost steps, which were still submerged yet clear in the undulating light. Close by where a short stone jetty waited to receive supplies for the household, an abandoned gondola bumped the stone with a forlorn, hollow sound. The man lay face down, his arms floating out to both sides. He wore evening dress, black coat, a glimpse of the back of a collar, black trousers, no shoes, dark hair. Spots floated in front of her eyes, and not from the sparkling sunlight on the water, either. She dragged in several deep breaths until her vision cleared. Turn him over to see who he is. No, she, she could not bear it. But he's floating on my water stairs. Did he come to see us and meet with an accident? He could have got the wrong address. But the houses in Venice had no addresses. There was no point since the neighborhoods changed location. And there were hardly any streets, only canals and flagstone lanes. People went to the post office for their post. It was not delivered via a pneumatic tube, as it was in London. Oh, how she wished she were in London right now, and not standing over the dead body of an unfortunate man. Get a hold of yourself, Georgia. Another breath calmed the incipient panic. She apologized to the unknown man for deserting him at such a time and hurried inside, calling for help. The housemaid appeared instantly, took one look out of the French doors, and screamed. Georgia grabbed her by the shoulders, which made the girl gasp into silence. We must call the police. Do you understand? The police. The polizia? See, si, the polizia. At once. Pronto. The housemaid scurried away, wailing. The minutes ticked by with excruciating slowness on the small chronometer pinned to the lapel of her linen waistcoat. 
Georgia had time to drag Millie downstairs to witness the scene, and it was she who helped Georgia pick up her scattered painting equipment. Georgia's hands shook so badly that she dropped the pot of alizarin crimson altogether and wept as she tried to scrape the precious pigment back into the pot. She would never paint the geraniums opposite now. In fact, she thought grimly as she scrubbed the paint off her hands in her water closet, for tuppence she would tell Millie to pack and they would board an airship to Switzerland. The south of France. Anywhere but here. A commotion in the hall brought the two of them down from the first-floor sitting-room to find their major-domo, showing the police through to the water stairs. Signore Aroni was a man of dignity and duty, and it was clear that a dead body on his premises was more than he could bear. His English was adequate for the requirements of the household, but when asked, he was simply not up to translating questions from the police in his state of mind. Millie did so in Italian, rapidly and with colloquial accuracy, though Georgia was aware that the Venetian dialect was beyond her. Who discovered the body? The taller, thinner man in the black coat and trousers asked. I did, Georgia said. I came downstairs to paint and found him floating there, as you see him. At what time? About half-past nine, I believe. The tide had uncovered four of the steps, if that is helpful. All three of them, all of them, crowded outside on the stone fundamente as though the position of the tide upon the steps were a vital piece of evidence. For all she knew, it was. Seven are uncovered, the shorter one said. It sounded like an accusation, as though she had lied about there being four. You did take your time arriving, Georgia pointed out. Whether Millie couched this observation in politer terms in the translation or not, it was clear the policeman didn't appreciate the remark. And what is this? He pointed at the crimson stain upon the fundamente. Is it blood? The victim's blood? Certainly not, Millie said indignantly. Her ladyship spilled some of her paint in the shock of finding that gentleman. So you say, he said, bending to examine the stain, which bore the evidence of George's attempts first to scrape up the pigment and then to wash the remainder from the stone with canal water. Both attempts had been clumsy and unsuccessful, and now, she realized, could be construed as the acts of a guilty person. Which was ridiculous. Oh, please, she begged, won't you take him out of the water? He must have family or friends who'll be worried that he has not come home. It is better that we wait for the monks, the tall one said. The who? Millie blurted. Whatever for? Signore Aroni pulled himself together enough to recall his duty. The monasteries house our hospitals, signorina. When there is a death, they come and bear the body away to be washed and tended before the funeral. Oh, but you mustn't do that, Georgia said, looking from one man to another. Not until we know how, we, how he died. All three male faces took on expressions of disgust. She realized a moment too late that she had sounded not only unladylike, but ghoulish, too. He may have met with an accident, she amended lamely. His family will wish to know. Or he may have met with murder, the tall policeman said, his hooded eyes intent upon her. We will make it our business to find out. That's great. And I, am, I have my hands over my headphones. I'm listening. And I'm saying to myself that you've hooked me into these characters already. And uh, you have a new, a new character, I'm assuming, of Georgia. And you have this, new, this world that she's in. How did you build up the, the fabric of this character that... Makes me want makes makes me want to say I want to know more about her. <laughs> um, it's it's a spin-off series from a twelve book previous steampunk series, and 
for being book one of a new series, I wanted to take a lot of care in building her character, in making her sympathetic, in giving her pursuits that she was trying to be good at, even if she isn't very much. She's the um, wife of a baronet, and he abused her during their marriage, and she, and now he is dead. And so her son is now the new lord, and he has sent her on a trip around the world. So she is tasting freedom for the first time, and she, that's why she wants to try and make the painting as good as it can be for her son. But I'm afraid she's never going to succeed very well at painting, but she is really good at noticing things. Yeah, you, and you get that too, and that's that's excellent. I am, I am. I always like to learn. When I hear things like that, I go, "This is how I need to build the characters up and and have them experience the world around them." So, congratulations and thank you for that for me. So, I'm done down here, and now Al, I think we are all marching to your end of the bar because, as always, as we, when we get to this point, drinks are on you. <laughs> <laughs>